Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. modern age perfect too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of christmas mom hush shut up ralphie so now in the spirit of the original i made you stop tradition american christmas thanks a lot mgm presents a christmas story Santa's beard. And unwraps the secrets. Did I get a tie this year? Of the original, traditional. He looks like a deranged Easter bunny. 100% two fisted, red blooded. It's smiling at me. All American Christmas. A Christmas story. Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema, the 12 Days of Christmas. Today we are on number 10, so you better be getting your shopping done because it's Christmas Eve Eve. Yep. So, uh, just a little bit that more time to get done. if you're shopping now, it's probably too late. Hey, but at least we're in yours. <laughs> we, we can keep you company. Uh, so we'll be talking about the beloved classic, A Christmas Story. And once again, I'm your host Jimbo, joined by my millennial cohort, The Grinch. 
Terrence. Terrence. <laughs> Terrence. <laughs> and yes, we have a special guest back in the studio. None other than the one, the only, the legend. Eric. Eric Cummings is back once again. Uh, lifelong, pretty much since second grade friend. So, you know how we do these. We just jump right in and get going. No jokes, no nothing. Let's go, Terrence. All excited. right. I'm excited for this movie. Yeah, this is like one of Eric's favorite movies, so I'm glad yeah, he's here he, with he us. He was real excited, like... Uh, as we were, you know, getting all our, our paperwork together and everything, <laughs> you can tell his excitement for this movie. He's even he even wrote his own notes. He brought his own notes. So this is where this guy That's comes. First. Gotta be prepared. Gotta be prepared. <laughs> He's more prepared than Terrence is on any given day. <laughs> that is fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a Christmas story release date November eighteenth, nineteen eighty three. Its budget was three point three million estimated. Uh, if you account for inflation, that is eighty three point nine million. Uh, I might have botched the calculations there. That seemed no, way too steep. No. Anyway, uh, opening weekend, <laughs> USA, uh, we got $2 million. Uh, that was as of November 1983. Uh, now we're looking at $5.2 million, uh, for today, and that is an accurate calculation. Uh, gross USA, uh, 20000 or I'm sorry, $20 million, uh, and that's uh, for today, that's $52.4 million. So it it made its money back. Absolutely. That's almost a lot of, within, that's a lot of chinga. It a almost, lot, a it lot almost of... broke even on opening weekend, and then during its gross, it completed it, the rest of it out and made lots of money made it back. Uh, this was directed by Bob Clark. Writing credits goes to Gene Shepard, who wrote the, uh, based on the novel, In God We Trust, All Others, Pay cash. Right. Uh, also by Gene Shepard, who wrote this, helped write the screenplay along with uh, Leah Brown and Bob Clark. The technical specs run time an hour and 34 minutes, so average movie length as always. Sound mix mono, this is a color movie. Aspect ratio 1.85 by 1. Camera Panavision Panaflex. So, very popular camera. We've seen it on like 90% of our movies. Yeah, heard it a lot. Yeah. Uh, laboratory. This was edited in uh, Medellin Film Laboratories in Toronto, Canada. So that's a oh, different that's location that this was uh, that the film was edited itself. Um, seeing as it's usually out of Hollywood, uh, right? Or you know one of their own studios. Uh, this. Oh, um, also Metro Color Clover City, USA, uh, where's where the prints were done. So this was done in two different locations. Okay. That's, that's also, a, I think, a second. That Maybe one of the reasons why they edited it in Canada was I know it was shot. Uh, a great portion of the movie was shot in Canada, so it would make sense maybe that okay. they edited some of it there. Yeah, All right, yeah, a lot of it was shot in Toronto. Yeah. Some outside scenes. Shot and edited in Toronto. Right, yeah. Uh, film length, uh, 5,360 meters. Uh, negative format, 35 millimeter. Cinemagraphic process, spherical. And printed film format, 35 millimeter. And now for the awards. Let's start off with the Genie Awards, 1984. Winner for the Genie, Best Achievement in Direction, Bob Clark, tied with... Uh, David Cronenberg for Videodrome, 1983. Uh, screenplay, Leia Brown. Then we have... That's my last one there. There we go. Uh, 
uh, okay, best screenplay. Uh, I was like, you're still, you're still, games. you're still uh, in the genie, though, Brown. Right? Yeah, this is still the genie. Bob Clark and Gene Shepard. Now, uh, the, the other nominations are so that, that's what they won. They won what, best. What is the genie? I don't know. I, <laughs> okay, I have to look it up. Like, Gene Shepard is makes a cameo in the movie. Do you know where? Oh, that's I'm getting ahead with my trivia question. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> going through the director. You better hold on. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 these are the things they were nominated for. They were nominated for Best Motion Picture, uh, Bob Clark, uh, Renee Dupont. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, <clears throat> Teddy Moore. Best Achievement in Cinematography, Reginald H. Morris. Best Achievement in Costume Design, the Costume Design, Mary E. McLeod. A best achievement in film editing, Stan Cole. Best achievement in sound editing, uh, David Evans, Steve Cole, Wayne Griffin, and Kenneth uh, Healy Ray. Best achievement in overall sound, uh, Kenneth Healy Ray, David uh, Appleby, and Dino Piggott. Now, see, it, it seems like the genies are, are really surrounding along the, the technical engineering side of making a movie, seeing as what they highlighted and got nominated. I'm, I'm going to look them up real quick because I've never heard of them. And so uh, while you're looking that up, I'm going to move on to uh, the film, uh, National Film Preservation Board, USA, uh, 2012. Okay, here you go. Okay. The Genie Awards were given out annually by the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television to recognize the best of Canadian cinema from 1980 to 2012. They succeeded the Canadian Film Awards from 1949 to 1978, also known as the Etrog Awards for sculptor Sorrel Etrog, who designed the statue. Hmm. And here's what it looks like. I don't even Excuse know what it, that's. I don't know how to describe that to the listeners. <laughs> how would you describe it's, this? Um, hmm. It looks like a. Uh, I would say it kind of looks like a, a, like a, a modern, compass. A compass that. Uh, not, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. The compass. Like if you squeeze the compass together, you know, like for school. Okay. It's kind of yeah. lo- kind of looks like that. That's a way better description. I than guess. What I, was gonna get. I was gonna say it just looks like a piece uh, of modern art. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just that doesn't resemble anything. No. <laughs> it's, uh, so, uh, where was I? Ah, yes, National Film Preservation Board. Once again, we're back to it. Uh, USA 2012, they won the National Film Registry. Uh, Writers Guild of America, USA 1984, they were nominated for the WGA Awards screen for Best Comedy Adapted by Another Medium, Jim Shepard, Leigh Brown, and Bob Clark. Young Artist Award 1985, Best Family Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And they were nominated for... Oh, these are all nominations. Okay, gotcha. Um, best Young Supporting Actor in Motion Picture, Musical, Comedy, Adventure, or Drama. That is a very broad uh, category there. Uh, that was uh, Ian uh, Petrella. Best Young Actor in Motion Picture, Musical, Comedy, Adventure, or Drama, Peter uh, Billingsley. And that is everything for the awards. Uh, we don't have a synopsis, do we? Um, I... No. Go ahead, Eric. Give us the synopsis of the movie. Yeah. A young boy desires a Red Ryder BB gun. 200 uh, cal. For, uh, <laughs> for Christmas. It is his mania. It is, it's actually... It drives his <laughs> will. Everything, is, uh, everything centers around him getting this specific Christmas present. He mentions it in the movie. I think I read somewhere where it's mentioned by name, uh, like every uh, minute and thirty seconds, or almost every two minutes of the movie. So uh-uh. it's referenced many times. Uh, so 
that's uh, his greatest desire for Christmas is to receive this Christmas gift. <laughs> wow. He just told the whole movie. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, Eric, take away the cast. All right. The cast. Uh, Peter Billingsley as Ralphie Parker. Uh, also considered uh, for the role of Star Trek fame. Will Wheaton was actually up for the part. And who did he play in Star Trek? Crusher was Leslie Crusher, right? Crusher. Yep, yeah. I'm not real familiar with Star Trek. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to get you there. Yeah, Gene Shepard as adult Ralphie. Um, he also is the narrator and the voice of Ralphie in the he- in his head, and he also makes a cameo appearance in the movie later. Uh, I was gonna say, is this? You know the answer I'm, to my I'm question. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna point this out, and I don't know if I'm right or not, but I'm gonna say it's when the dad's outside on the sidewalk looking at the lamp, and the the neighbor that walks up. That's a good guess, but you, no, right? It's actually when they're in the going mall. to see Santa in the mall, That's, and he's, he tells Ralphie the line well, ends way here. Back it over. starts. That's, down that was there. not gonna be my other guess. So yeah, <laughs> so that is uh, Gene Shepard, the uh, the. Uh, the writer of the actual screenplay. Uh, Ian Petrella as Randy Parker. Melinda Dillon as Mrs. Parker. And she was also in Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons. She's been in a lot of stuff. Good actress. Darren McGavin as Mr. Parker. Uh, also considered for the role, which this might have been an interesting take, was uh, Jack Nicholson <laughs> and <laughs> Earl Holloman. But, but not sure who Earl Holloman is, but he's a Golden Globe winner, I know. Okay. But um, the the interesting thing about uh, Mr. Um, whatever his name is, uh, Darren, Darren McGavin. Yeah. The interesting thing about him is his name is not mentioned throughout the entire movie. He's just known as the old man. Yep. They never say his dad's name. The huh. entire movie. Really? That's yep. a tidbit. That's why it says the old man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Scott Schwartz as Flick and R.D. Robb as Schwartz. Uh, Zach Ward as Scott Farkas. Yano Anya as Grover Dill. And Teddy Moore as Miss Shields. And Jeff Gillen as Santa Claus. Dun dun dun. So this is one of those holiday movies that, man, um, it's become so popular. Um, it even gets shown 24 hours like one weekend. On TBS, like, yeah. yeah, 24 hours, 24 of hours story, of a Christmas yeah. story. So you can sit there and watch so it 24 hours it, time, you can it again. or you can just come home and drop by anytime <laughs> you want. Um, although he occupies screen most of the uh, most of the time, Peter Billingsley only has about 93 lines of dialogue. Really. Because, because most the narrator, of the, the narrator so takes over, and he's yeah. just sitting there talking, and Ralphie's just, you know. And I wonder how they did that. I wonder if they read the lines as uh, they're acting, or they just had to sit there, you know what I mean, and, and do, like, so the emotions, you know what I mean? And it was added later. Uh, in, in film, and in, in the creation of film, uh, it, it's interesting, because you get different takes depending on who you're talking to. Um but line readings could be seen as like either like sometimes offensive, but sometimes helpful. It really depends on who you're working with. But um, now I'm not sure how it works with children. But uh, I would imagine they maybe gave him some directions with some line readings, and then he would act out his part. But no, but what I'm saying is he wasn't the narrator. The narrator in the is Gene movie Shepherd, right? is Gene Shepard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ralphie, but it's actually Ralphie. I guess Doing technically the, when he's yeah, older, yeah, right? You know it's what I mean? in his mind, right? right. So, uh, what I'm saying is, like, if we're sitting here talking, 
And uh, let's say you're just sitting there and you're nodding at me or whatever, but yeah. I'm not, you know, speaking. Well, let's just say we're eating or whatever. And then let's say my wife is saying, well, here are the three friends set at the table doing this stupid podcast that I could care <laughs> less about. And look at Terrence, he's falling asleep or whatever. Would she be saying that as we're sitting here? Oh, or no. Or did exactly. they film this and later. then add it later? Is what I'm saying. Okay. And I'm saying, what you're did saying. they act that out and say, okay, we just need you to act normal for in that case, twenty I, seconds. I you see what I'm saying? It was, it was separate. Like, I am right. like ninety eight percent. I'm not going to say hundred because I'm never that sure. But I'm going to say ninety eight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Sure. That's what I thought. Ninety eight percent sure that it was recorded separate. He was in a sound studio. Uh, to but did, I wonder. Uh, but I wonder if they recorded that first and then let the people hear it. Oh, or well, if the people acted and he, and he and he put it in. Put it in. Typically, you won't. Uh, or if they were even the wrote at the same stuff. time. So like. When it comes to sort of any of the like audio that's added into movies, um, typically this is all done uh, after. So I imagine his voice recordings were done after the filming was wrapped, and then he did his voice lines. Um, and then it, it, it's interesting with like uh, uh, nine times out of ten, they just give them like some vague instruction, or they'll just Direction. substitute something else. Like in a lot of movies, when you see them dancing and they're dancing to music or whatever. Nine times out of ten, they're dancing to nothing, huh. or it's just like a metronome or something. Like, right. it, it's something super basic. There's no actual music playing as they're trying to, you know, act out this scene. Uh, so it, it's similar when you have a narrator. They're not going to play the narration as you're acting out your part. Right. Um, they're just going to tell you what the scene entails. They're mm. just like, okay, we need you to do this, and you go, okay, and then you do your thing. Well, now that we've shut down the internet, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think another cool thing about this movie is it's set in Indiana. I guess where we're fil- we're recording this at in Holy Indiana. Crap. It's set in Hammond, Indiana, even though the house is technically and the filming was done in Cleveland. Cleveland in Canada, yeah. Right. But I mean the house is actually in Cleveland. Um yep. and uh they said the people of Cleveland were man, they were very courteous to him that they would uh uh, all the people that had the vintage vehicles, they would bring them out for them to use mm-hmm. uh to make it feel authentic. Um like downtown Cleveland helped out. Um they uh, the automobiles were lined up on a certain route through the public square. Um, they were in t- they were continu- uh, instructed to continue circling the square until otherwise um, instructed to stop. Yeah, uh, rolled salt rolled was a major concern for the car owners. Uh, so the cars were pressure washed each day after filming and parked underground beneath the terminal tower, hmm. which I thought was very very Preserve awesome about them. Cars. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're very enthusiastic, but yes. That, the, to, in cars. 2005, the original home used for the exterior shots of the family's home was put up for auction on eBay, and an avid fan of the movie, Brian Jones, purchased it directly from the seller for how much? $150,000. $150,000. Jones then spent the following year restoring the home the way it looked on the screen. Hmm. The exterior was completely restored, and the interior was renovated to match the interior of the home shown in the movie. Um... In, on November 25th, 2006, the home finally opened its doors as a tourist attraction. Jones spent close to $500,000 in preparation for this grand opening. In addition, he also purchased the house next door and converted it to a gift shop and museum dedicated to the film and the house. I mean, I bet he made the money back. Have you been there? I have not, but... Road trip! Yeah, I was going to say, hey, we're going to take going the tragedy of cinema on the road, and we're going to... <laughs> live, well, from live Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. uh, I wonder how that much reminds me a lot of the show, uh, like HGTV, I think, is redoing the Brady house. Have you seen that? I've seen something uh, like that, like fixing up Brady or something like that. bought the original Brady Bunch house and yeah. redoing the inside to make it look like the set. Um, 
to keep up with the crazy fans, uh, or mega fans, a behind-the-scenes documentary called Road Trip for Ralphie follows two mega fans on a two-year quest to locate and visit every location used in the movie. Wow. Well, then. Along the way, they uncover Miss Shield's chalkboard from a dumpster. <laughs> from what? a dumpster. Discover all the movie's costumes hidden in a Toronto warehouse, track down the antique fire truck scene in the movie, and visit the forgotten location of the actual Chop Suey Palace. That's Wow! Man. Now that That's is dedication. T- it took them two years to do that, and I, I'd like to watch what that a documentary fan movie. <laughs> huh? I said, "What a fan!" I mean, that's like if doc, you if, you know, if you wanted to go watch uh, go tour where all the Lord of the Rings was shot over there in New Zealand and everything. Can you imagine oh, yeah. trekking to Mount Doom? But I mean, that for two years. I mean, you, you wonder what people do for a living. <laughs> just right. to, hey, I'm just going to go off for two years. <laughs> so, um, so this movie has it all. Uh, he obviously wants this BB gun. He has his eye mindset on his mom's like, you're going to put your eye out with that kid. You're not going to get it. You're too Everybody's young. You're going to put your eye out. Um, and I thought what was interesting about it is he tells his mom he wants it. She's like, you'll put your eye out with you. Yeah. Uh, he tells Santa Claus he wants it. He says, put your eye out, kid. Kicks him down the slide. <laughs> he tells his teacher, even writes an essay about it. I want this. She, what she do? She gives him a C plus, and at the bottom she writes, you'll put your eye out with me. <laughs> I thought it was very ironic that the one person that bought him the gun was the one person he didn't ask. Hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. Huh. Now, I know he stuck that leaflet in one of the magazines, but yeah. I thought it was Look his magazine. But I thought it was his mom's magazine. Yeah, it was. So maybe it fell out. He's she seen it up there. He, the dad seen it up there. Um, now, do, did either one of you have an obsession with BB guns when you were that age? Uh, like, did you want well, one? Or um, did you get one? Um, at that age, it was more of the... Paris, uh, it was just last year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday... No, shut up. <laughs> no, um, so when I was younger, uh, I, I liked the uh, those, those old cap guns with the red strips oh, yeah. and a little bit... Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I liked those because when I was like, like a kid, um, I was obsessed with westerns and uh-huh. like, you know uh, outlaws and stuff like that billy the kid was like one of my favorite movies young guns um and so i was obsessed with that and it wasn't until i was a teenager that i got into bb guns yeah that's yeah. cool jimbo well, uh well i'm getting ready to tell on myself but for the for the sake of the podcast i know my dad and mom's gonna be listening to this and i'm gonna feel <laughs> bad but um my cousin david you know david yep um he had several pellet guns, BB guns, and we would go uh, down to Salina, Tennessee, uh, to see my great grandparents. And we could. It, it's just a small town. BB guns uh, were around when you were a kid. Yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't the Red Riders, but um, we could walk to the town, the square, and they would sell BBs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, you see how he opens up that mm-hmm. thing. That's exactly how they were. Really, and we would buy those. They would they would sell them to us. But David had all these things, and my great grandpa um, had a chicken coop in the back of his. Yeah, <laughs> a chicken. Start picking. Them no, up. no, 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 um, no. Um, he told us that he would give us a nickel or a quarter or whatever for each bird we shot because they were coming in there and stealing the chicken's food. Uh-huh. So we was like, oh, okay. So you know, kids dream. We, we would send. We would be sitting <laughs> back there behind the shed. And, you know, you see the bird land. Wow, you know. Oh, we got one. Go up there, pump it. But he had one of the pump ones. Right, the you would be yeah, like, oh. <laughs> you know, you're like, ah, oh, you get it out. You felt like you almost broke it. You're there. I mean, we got so good, we'd be shooting them off bur- off the wires, you know. I mean, I feel terrible saying this uh, because, you know. But here comes the part where you know what the state bird is of <laughs> Tennessee. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just say I actually might have 
injured one. <laughs> and I was like, I was so scared, man. I was like, I'm going to jail. You know, the jail was right up the road. It's a little, little bitty jail. And I was like, I'm going to jail. And I told my great, my great grandpa, I said, I, I shot, I shot the state bird. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's nothing. He had like a little creek that ran by, you know, right by the thing. He picked it up. He just threw it over to this creek. And I was like, so. Gave uh, it a burial at sea. Sorry, mom and dad, you had to hear that now. But uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I played around with them all the time. But he even had those, what was it, the CO2 cartridge right. things you would put I remember in. those yeah I did you have i wasn't big i never i never had one and my dad had them you know just from when he was a kid i don't know if he had a red rider or not but i actually had a uh, friend a friend that you would know that was injured had a bb gun injury got shot in the temple uh so uh, that was kind of like one of the things yeah who was it my parents always used to uh, well, I won't mention his name. That's right. You podcast, do have to but, tell me. Uh, I'll tell you <laughs> after. I, I, I remember something My parents would like always that. use that one as, see, these are dangerous. <laughs> I know they're dangerous. Right. But, you know, that but was I one of their excuses for I not still having want one. You know, we live in the city. You can't just go around <laughs> right. throwing a gun. Well, even even when we would, sh- and, 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 and what stuck with me, especially with this movie being a kid at that age, is I remember shooting tin cans. You yeah. set them up on like the fence line trying to knock them off. And I remember when you would shoot those things, it would hit it and it would bounce oh, yeah, back yeah. sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it is very dangerous. It is. But when you're a kid, you they're careful. not going to tell you, you know, anything. You know, like, uh, I'm listening to your guys' like first BB gun. I'm like, oh man, my first BB gun was like, <laughs> it was a Derringer that I bought from like, uh, I went to the mall with my buddies and uh, I had some cash for mowing lawns. Derringer, never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, we went. We, we were just exploring the mall and stuff, and uh, there was one store that just sold random things, and then uh, they had BB guns. I was like, oh, man. And then I bought, like, this little Derringer BB gun for, like, 12 bucks. And nice. it, it was... It was powerful for like a month, and then after that, the spring just died, and yeah. then it was but like see, the crappiest BB gun. Now, but it was the, fun now the kids got like the paintballs; they've got them airsoft guns, right. and I'm they've like, man, where was all this stuff? Over. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if we would have had paintballs back then? Uh, man. man, we would have just tore it up. We would have just tore it up. I run paintball. Cops and robbers. Yeah. I'll tell you a little quick story about Eric because since Uh-oh. he wanted to throw some, I'll throw some out there. Okay, our families went on vacation one time to Florida, right? So. We would go out there and we would take this bread out there and these seagulls are out there and you would just throw the bread up and there's like Get attacked. 500 of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. I think I have, a, I have a picture somewhere of us doing shoes. Oh, yeah. On the, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's for another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's like, please. Sorry, please. I want to threw that out there because, you know. The, I'm going to have to tell your daughters, the, hey, make sure you tune in. To hear the the, yeah, the theme t- of, you know, every every young boy's dream is to have a BB gun. And, and, and it kind of it kind of holds up yeah, and, uh, from 1940 when this is set to the 1980s. But it I also, still was a popular But, but, but let's, let's go yeah, back yeah. to when we were kids. It was about your imagination, too, because yeah. you would play Cowboys and Indians. You know yeah. what I mean, and that like was a big thing because you we we were we were outside most of the time. You know right. what I mean, and now you're inside most of the time. So I think there's a big contrast. You know, yeah. If you want to if you want to shoot a gun, you can always do it on a video game. Right, right. You don't have to interact with people. Right. But sad thing, realization is some people take those and do the wrong things with them. Yeah. Let's not. So, all right. So he's won this BB gun. So back to the the the. the, the the movie after our little <laughs> rabbit trail there Terrence is like I thought this wasn't going to be a long one <laughs> he's like you sorry Terrence. <laughs> sorry Terrence we went down a rabbit trail um, it's all good the family eats meatloaf red cabbage and mashed potatoes for dinner every, every night every meal every night I, <laughs> I like, love red cabbage Ralph. Um, one uh, 
one thing about this movie is you'll notice is Ralphie has an imagination. Uh, he goes into several imagination scenes like, uh, you know, and uh, he's sitting at the table and he's like, he starts daydreaming about, because he's like, what do you want? He's like, I'll take some, what was he saying, Lincoln Logs or Tinker Toys or whatever he says, remember? <laughs> and he's like, oh, and then he's just depressed. Then he starts thinking, he's like, yeah, I got old Blue or whatever. And he's out there, the robbers, he sees the robbers coming in. Yeah. And his mom and dad are hiding under the table with his, well, what's going to happen? He's like, oh, I got He's got that big old chew in yeah. his mouth. He's like, <laughs> And he's out there and he starts shooting them, you know. And then there's a, uh, another scene later on where... What happened to Lincoln Logs, by the way? Just, like, they just vanished one day. Uh, they're still there. Uh, didn't they go into, like, the Hall of Fame, Toy Hall of Fame or something? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Lincoln I remember Lincoln my grandpa. I don't see it in there, like, any toy story. So, there's also the scene where um, he's going... Remember when he she's he he dreams about his teacher grading his paper? Yeah. yeah. You know, and he's, she's like, F, F, F. Is there not one good paper here I can read? And she's like... Uh, Ralphie, as she opens up, she's like, Ralphie, hey, plus, plus, just plus, plus on the top of the board. And he gets up, he plus. starts waving, you know. Like, yeah, those fantasy it. scenes are great. Yeah, but there was one fantasy scene that was cut. It was shot, but it was cut. An elaborate fantasy sequence in which Ralphie joins, yes, Flash Gordon to fight Ming the Merciless was filmed, but finally dropped from the or dropped from they the final cut. I, can, I, so I would like to see it. I think it would be funny. Um, let's see. Is there anything on this page? I think this page is done. Uh, let's see. Eric, you want to throw something out there while we're still here? Um, oh, well, let's talk about one of the most famous scenes of the movie. Okay. What would you say if if I tell you what is the most famous scene of this movie, what first comes to your mind that probably every person thinks of when you say a Christmas story? Most famous scene of the movie? Um, Flick getting his tongue, tongue stuck, stuck to the, stuck to the pole. Right? Yeah. So... Terrence, do you know how they did that? How did they achieve the tongue sticking to the pole? No, he didn't really stick his tongue to the pole. Although he did <laughs> no, stick his tongue to the pole. Right. Right. It's, it's actually very interesting. You know, it's uh, uh, some awesome, uh, you know, camera angles. Um, and just, you know. There was a uh, suction tube. Exactly. Right. So it was actually a plastic uh, uh, pole. And they used basically air suction to keep his tongue onto it, and they just angled the camera just so you couldn't see the hole. I crack up. I watched that. I watched that this morning. As a matter of fact, you know when when they're sitting there and 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 they come back and he's like he's like don't leave me guys. He's like the bell rang. He's like but but don't leave me. He's like what do you want me to do? The right. bell rings. <laughs> you know they're all they're all sitting in the class and Ralphie's just like you know looking around. <laughs> the way he acts is she's like, yeah. has anybody seen Flick? And yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna ask this woman, has anybody seen Flick? And uh, she's like, Ralphie. She, she points at Ralphie. Ralphie's like, what? and then uh, the, and then she's like, has nobody seen him? And he's like. And that little girl's like, she, she looks out, she's like, oh my, and she starts running out there. And then they all run over to the window while she runs out there to check on him. And the, the one guy's like, oh, there's a fire truck. And Ralphie's like, oh no. And he's like, oh man, the cops are here. And he's like yeah. trying to sleep down. It actually worked. I think uh, Mythbusters actually did an episode yeah. on this. And uh, your tongue will stick. Oh, yeah. Frozen bubble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just think that was one of the most iconic scenes. Then you see him come in, man, and he's got that stuffing on his mouth. <laughs> his and she's like, now I know one of you boys put him up to this. She's like, but he won't tell any names. You can just see Ralphie looking around like, yeah, it wasn't yeah, he <laughs> I just think it was so perfectly done. But he's like, he's like, but the bell rang. You know, he didn't want to be late for the bell. Um, yeah, that was great. And then another another scene is uh, a famous thing is when he's getting bullied the entire movie by, uh, what's his name? Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. 
And him and the what's his little friend's name? Grover Dill. Yeah. So Scott Scott's always got that stupid hat on, that Daniel Boone hat on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. So I mean, they're getting chased the whole entire movie, uh, and uh, you know, say uncle, uncle, you know. And man, Ralphie Ralphie just got in trouble for something. Remember, and 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 he's on walking on his way home, and man, uh, Farkas says something to him, and you just see him, man. He just pegs him with that snowball. Yeah, right in the eye. And then you just see Ralphie, man. You just see it building up, and he's had enough, man. And yeah. then he's just like, <laughs> he just runs over. To, he just goes, he's like, boom, boom. I mean, and he's like, rah, 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 you know. And <laughs> an underlining tone of this movie is the uh, over the top. I want to say language, but I don't. The just the. The, the way they talk, his dad's the same way, like right. with, yeah. with the furnace, you know what I mean? Where, uh, matter of fact, um, he did he ad-libbed all the profane rants while fighting yeah. the furnace. Yeah, it's just you know what gibberish. I mean? Yeah, it's just gibberish because wanted, they wanted to make sure they kept that PG right. rating. Yeah. Right. So when Ralphie, but Ralphie, they said that when he did his, it was all scripted. What he said. Oh, okay. Huh. So, but man, he is just waylaying on that kid. You know, you see the blood on the kid's face. That one kid's like, hey, man, what are you doing? He just shoves him <laughs> out of the way, too. He's just like, right, right. And they're like, what's he saying? You know, and so his little brother runs and tells on him, you know, and his mom comes out. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back to the house or whatever. I feel like that's, that's like a, a lost comedic thing that was used a lot. Uh, uh, with older movies and such, which just like you know, when they wanted to simulate cursing, it'd just be like, ah, yeah. Well, well, another famous thing in this movie where they get the flat tire on the way home, and <laughs> and she's like, "We'll go out there and help your dad." He's like, "Really?" You know, he's like, "Oh, I, I'm I'm finally grown up enough to be able to go out there and help." And you know, he gets out there and he's like, "Here, hold these." <laughs> you know, the, the, keep all the bolts in here. And uh, what something happens and Ralphie drops them, but they go flying. He's like, "Oh." fudge yeah. and they go he's like but i didn't say fudge he's like you know <laughs> it was the big one he's like it was f dash 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 and his dad's like what did you say <laughs> he's like that's why go get in the car <laughs> so he gets to the, but the funny thing about it, his dad always thought that he was like in the indy 500 remember she's yeah. like he's like time me <laughs> you know he's out there <laughs> so you see ralphie get in the car man and he just he he knows he's in trouble man next thing you see you see that soap in the soap in the, oh man and and what was the name of the soap that they use? Uh, Life Boy. Yeah, Life Boy. And he's like, <laughs> it had to be Life Boy. And, and uh, the funny thing about that is after after he gets done and uh, she's like, she takes out. He's like, well, Ralphie, where did you hear that? <laughs> you know, it'd be too. No, I'd heard that a hundred times yeah. a day from my old man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but he's, like, I, he's like, but I couldn't say that. And he's like, so he's, he rats on his friend, man. Yeah, yeah. The kid gets so she sticks it back in his mouth, man. And his mom goes and calls up. And he's, he's like, I want to say Mrs. Johnson. I don't remember her name. He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you, Do you know what Ralphie what? just said? You can hear it. Like, oh, no. What did he say? She's like, oh, no, not that. And she goes, well, and do you know where he heard it from? Your boy. What? <laughs> and then he just starts like, he just hears, what I do? What I do? She's just waylaying on the kid. I mean, you feel bad for him. And Robbie's just like, you know, it's like the worst day he's ever had. <laughs> like, so they hang up the phone, you know what I mean? But uh, just, and then you see the mom test the soap out. And she's like, oh, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I think a, a person that we should talk about a little bit real quick is his brother. Randy. <laughs> Randy's great. She tells Randy him, refuses she's like, to eat. Yeah, and she's like, "What's the what's the pig say?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but and Randy lays like a slug because it's his only defense against the bully. That's a great line. <laughs> but I like when he's like, "Ah!" She 
like, what is wrong with you? He's like, I can't put my arms down. <laughs> she's like, he's all and she puts them down and she puts them back up. Ah, she's like, she puts them back up. And she's like, and she was wrapping that thing around his head, yeah. you know, and she's like, well, and she takes off. She's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, I can't put my arms down. And so she's like, well, put him down when you get to school. He's like, ah, she wraps him back up, you know, and sends him on his way. Like when they're walking, he's just like waddling just, along. He reminds me of like Patrick Starfish from SpongeBob, you know, but he just, he just waddles. Uh, but I thought it was always funny, too, like his aunt, you know, sent him like that Hindenburg stuff. Zeppelin. Yeah. 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 And then <laughs> Ralphie, poor kid, he's like, she's like, well, what'd you get? And he's like. My aunt always thought I was a girl. <laughs> he gets that pink bunny outfit. Pink nightmare. He's like, go go try it on. She's like, he's like, no, I don't want to try it on. Go try it on. He's like, yes, he She's like, Ralphie, come down. He's like, I don't want to come down. So he comes down, man, in that pink thing. And his dad's like, what are you wearing? He's like, do you want to get out of that thing? He's like, yeah. He's like, get up there and take that thing off. She's like, okay, but you have to wear it for like two occasions, like when she comes to visit and yeah. something else. I was like, poor kid. Um, you got anything else to add right there before I keep going? Um, well, I got a, a couple of qu- trivia. Well, they're not really trivia questions, but I just wanted to introduce them. Um, there's a certain movie. Well, let's go to the setting. The setting was the, the actual year's never given in the movie, but, um, you know, you got the, references like Little Orphan Annie on the radio. Right. The, cars, uh, the, the, Dakota Red Pin, the, the Red Rider, uh, BB <laughs> the Gun, which was a comic strip in the late 30s, early 1940s. Hmm. But um, the Wizard of Oz is referenced yep. three times in the movie, which that was interesting, considering that would have only been like a year old at that point in time. And uh, being that that was one of your first podcasts, what was your first podcast? It's, uh, you know, how you guys always talk about everything's all connected. Yep. Well, that, that's how we connect a Christmas story <laughs> to your first podcast, but Wizard I, of Oz. It's but I thought it was funny, man. He waited and waited and waited and waited to get that decoder ring and just waited and waited and waited. <laughs> and he's like, he goes up to the bathroom, he locks himself, and he's like, he gets those numbers, he's like, 52, beat, you know, and he's, he's in there decoding. He's like, he's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, D- drink, you know, and all that. Oval tea. Yeah. And he's like, come drink on, I got to go to the bathroom. Tea. He's like, drink a, a stupid commercial. <laughs> he's so bad. Um, I'd let's be see. mad too, to be honest. <laughs> you wait that long. Oh, by the way, the St. Catherine's Museum owns some props used in the film, including two pairs of Ralphie's glasses, and uh, including the pair that was smashed, and also two scripts of the movie. Okay. So that's pretty cool. I'll throw out a random question. If you can have one, I'll, I'll bring the question that we've brought into one our prop? ones. Yep, one prop from oh, this movie. What would you take? Mm. I mean, I, I think mean, it's you, pretty obvious, you can't, right? Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, no, you'd want I mean, something else? because you know you're not going to get that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would have to say, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you mine as soon as like, let me finish this, these two points real quick, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll leave this for the end. Right, Let's yeah. finish that in case it jogs something else and you remember. Uh, this was the inspiration for the creation of The Wonder Years. I did, I did read that. That's a, um, yeah. Let's see. They said, according to Peter Billings, not many major studios were interested in a story about a little boy in the 1940s who wanted a BB gun for yeah. Christmas. <laughs> uh, they said they agreed to, the studio agreed to make this film if Bob Clark agreed to make a horror film for him. Okay. So, um, One of those famous Hollywood compromises. Not, not Porky's 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> right. Which is one of these. And here, here it is. The oh, where's that other? I have another thing. Oh, I, I think I remember it. But the uh, the Chinese restaurant is named Bo Ling. 
Um, there is a neon sign across the top of the storefront that reads bowling, except the W is not lit. <laughs> but when they filmed that scene with the duck, you know the duck? Uh-huh. The mom was given a different script. She did not know the head was going to come off. Oh, no. And he filmed the reaction because everybody else knew about it oh. except her. So That's why like, she yelled yeah. and screamed so, out when they cut the, so the head off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, all right. So, let's let's talk about the... Um, well, you got something else. Go ahead. I see you lighting up over there like a no, Christmas tree. No, no, no. I've just... Uh, I pretty much covered everything that I think was in my notes the the orphan Annie little orphan Annie references and and we uh, might we the might setting and all the things that I went into the setting uh, I think I'm probably going to throw in an interview here that Eric sent me uh, with Peter Billingsley I think right. he's on Dan Patrick's show yeah, yeah maybe a quick Dan little Patrick's five minute interview, interview. Um, right. so it'll tell you a little bit about Starts what happened some right. of the props and stuff like that so we'll, we'll I'll try to throw that in at the end so Eric what prop are you taking I'm taking the gun if I can get my You're taking the gun. It. I'm taking the leg lamp. That's something that's we didn't what, talk about. That's what we're because I was thinking. the major award. The right? major award. He actually won something, and I can't believe we haven't talked about it to this point. That dad, you know, they, they they bring in that big old crate. He's like, I won a major award, a major award, and they drop it over. He says, Oh, I love what to say. Fragile. She's like, I think that says fragile. He's like, Go get the crowbar. Go get the hammer or whatever. You know, the open He's like, Oh, it's got to be in here somewhere. He's like. Would you look at that? <laughs> he wasn't out of sense and Robbie's like, "Would you look at that?" <laughs> you know? He's like, "Wow!" And this was like, he's like, and he's still digging around. He's like, "Oh!" He's like, "It's a lamp." <laughs> Just the one leg with the lamp. He's like, "Go, go, put it over here." And then he's like, "I got to see what it looks like from the street." So he's yeah. like, "He's like, no, no, to the right, to the right." You know, he wants to get it perfectly centered there. And uh, and that lamp plays a, a part of the movie because the mom does not like it. Oh, and yeah. there's a part it's where she's amazing. cleaning. And it breaks. And he said, Ralphie says, what? He's like, something happened right now that uh, was resented in our house for the rest of our lives or whatever when she broke it. And he's like, go get the glue. And she's like, we're out of glue. <laughs> you know, you see him trying to put it together. It falls apart again. And he said that he took it out in the backyard and buried it. Yeah, like, that's a good scene. <laughs> it's a great scene, man. A great scene. So I'm taking the leg lamp. I was going to say the leg lamp, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with the leg lamp or the, yeah. the gun. If you want one, you can actually go buy right. one. Right. Yeah. But they're the miniature one. We want the big one. I want one. the one from the set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, would, I might even take, like, the, uh, the soap bar. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm sure it wasn't yeah. real. You know what I mean? Uh, that'd be cool to have. Yeah. Uh, so, Eric, I know what your thoughts is. Let's get Terrence's thoughts first, okay. then we'll go to yours, because sure. I know... Classic movie, man. I mean, they play it 24 hours in the day of, you know... That's how popular it is. Yeah, if you haven't like, seen it by now, you've been living under a rock somewhere. Ter- Terrence, have like, you seen it's it? Hard, it's hard <laughs> to avoid this movie, right. to be honest. Like, if you've, at any point in your life, had cable on during Christmas... You're seeing this movie. Yeah. You're gonna see it. There like, are some people that do not like this movie, though. Really? That's mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, um, everybody's a critic, right? What I'm saying is, I I never really <laughs> watched the movie uh, growing up, and I mean, I don't want to say growing up uh, till a certain point growing up. You know what I mean? Like, it, to me, it was kind of boring. I'll be honest. When I was younger, okay. uh, just because you know you got the the, the 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 narrator and his voice is just mono. You know, what I mean, it was no, and and. And then, by then, I had lost interest. You know right. what I mean? Uh, th- but now that I've watched it so many times, 
you see it's set in Indiana, you know, and then you're yeah. like, then you played with BB guns, and then, you know, you go through all that. I grew to appreciate it as I got older. Sure. So I, I can understand with somebody that may be younger, it may not gyrate appeal with them, them, appeal to them. Um, but it's known as a Christmas classic for a reason. Right. Yeah. It, it has grown in popularity, and uh, Peter Billingsley talks about that in the interview a little bit. It's grown uh, as the development of cable and VHS and DVD. It kind of grew in popularity. When it actually came out, it wasn't you know highly acclaimed as a movie so i mean i could see why i some mean it would. made its uh it did make it, it, it uh, a decent amount of money, money. But, but also yeah. something else i want to say is maybe some of the reason that and i don't know if you thought this far or hard about it okay maybe one of the reasons that some people do not like it is for the reason that they hold the um, asian people are stereotyped in this movie at the end of the movie when they're singing they can't oh, pronounce yeah, the yeah. words to yeah possibly you know I, I thought mean? about that um, so that may not gyrate um, especially in today's culture and culture, society right. that some people might find it yeah. offensive that, yeah that just that shows the difference between you know 1983 that wouldn't have been probably something that right I mean and, and that's as much as that's like a lot of anybody who wants to be like you know like the PC police right probably well I'm saying that's like a lot of the like, stuff that you I'm not saying that that like was used back then that's no, why we no, put no. that disclaimer at the beginning of our yeah. uh, podcast because there was different times and different areas sure, does I it mean, make it right no but you can't you can't put every movie it. into a mold and right that's what I'm saying so I thought maybe that might be some reason why some people may not like it that may be true yep maybe so Okay, go ahead and give us. Uh, I know I you're had, ready for I it. had the complete opposite. Uh, I I saw this movie for the first time on TV. It has a lot of significance. When I was actually nine, so I was the same age as Ralphie when uh, I saw it for the first time. And you had the same glasses. Was probably <laughs> I know you did. Um, it was a, a family favorite. It was how I connected with my, my dad. I mean, I've never heard him laugh louder or harder. It, it was just something that it was kind of a tradition with our family. So there's that significance. I like the historical aspect and how they got all the props in the, the 1940s era. Uh, you know, the I mean, this would have been right on the precipice of World War II. Uh, I like the narration and the storytelling because, I mean, the vocabulary that he, the narrator, I mean, it's just, I, I enjoy a lot of different aspects of the movie. So, yeah, I'm probably going to run on and on. I don't want to take up the but like, whole time. But, yeah, I, it's definitely one of my top five. But, but I think that time. Ralphie was perfectly cast because oh, that, absolutely. that scene in the school just sets the tone, man. When he just, he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Just his facial expressions right there. And he's like, yeah. the bell rang, you know, like, yeah. hey. I can't help you, bud. You're dumb enough to because they triple dog dared him. You know, everybody's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know? and I actually, he's like, he skipped the double dog. He went straight to the triple, the triple dog. dog. He's like, he knew he was in trouble. Then he's like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> and I heard Bob Clark basically cast him off top. Like they knew that he was Peter Billingsley was going to play Ralphie Parker, but they went ahead and you know, interviewed other tested people. a few other people to make it you know look like you know they were actually. Uh, auditioning for the job, but I think he kind of had in his mind because he had seen him in uh, commercials. I think so he knew that he would be the perfect, uh, perfectly cast for that role. But yeah, mm. right, he's great. So um, if you haven't seen this movie, definitely check it out. Um, as you can tell by even Terrence liking it, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's hard for a movie that may not appeal to some of the millennials. Here's the thing, like I, I, I think um, it's 
even in my age bracket, a, a lot of people have seen this. You'd have to even go. You'd have to go to the 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 generation after me, which were they right. uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Gen Z, right? So Gen Gen Z would be the one that I would say might not appeal. Might to not appeal to it. Might not connect to it. I mean, these are the high school kids now and stuff like yeah. that. Like you look at the the youngest millennial; they're out of college, man. So like we've all seen it. All my friends have seen this movie. We've all enjoyed it. So I think uh, when it comes to uh, uh, trying to see who likes this movie and who doesn't. I mean, um, I think as far as when we're talking about generations and stuff, yeah. jokes aside, like I think most millennials it like this movie. To them. Exactly, and like most of us are like in that half and half. Like, oh yeah, most of us right. spend some time out of the whole PC age, let's say. And like I said, once again, I'm not saying that negatively. Um, it's a whole gray area of stuff that we don't want to unpack but right. uh, uh and then you know and older in our lives that's when things you know become more pc and now we're trying to be like okay let's let's be sensitive to certain things which you know i agree and then other times it's like just let things be as far as like older movies are right right um yeah. and so yeah that's that's pretty much it like i enjoy it i know a lot of my friends enjoy it um i'm pretty sure you you talk to anybody else especially within my age group you know i'm almost 30 uh they've seen it They'll probably like it. Yeah. It's, it's it's a classic mixed bag, movie, yeah. man. It, exactly, you'll get a mixed bag, like with anything else. But it, this, as far as I know, is more positive than negative uh, that I, I've heard. Right. So probably right here is where I'll insert the uh, interview with Ralphie, all grown up, uh, with on the Dan Patrick Show. So take a listen to this. How often do you hear something about a Christmas story? I hear it multiple times a year, uh, especially around this time. It's crazy. It's like the movie that, you know, when it came out, not to a lot of fanfare, was sort of a medium hit and then kind of went away. And this was back in 83. And I think because of the boom of cable and video, it just started growing every year uh, and then started working its way up these lists of all time favorites and then got in top fives. (laughs) And it still seems as relevant today as it did then. Do you remember the premiere? Did you go to a premiere? Yeah, well, it was more kind of regional back then, so it didn't have the kind of big Hollywood fanfare that it did, but I just, the Academy of Motion Pictures just did a screening at the 35th anniversary, and I just saw it in a theater with like 700 people um, on a 35-millimeter print, and it was awesome, Um, and you got to see it with a crowd and um, hear where all the laughs were, and it gave me a newfound appreciation for the movie. If I would have told you 35 years ago, hey, you know what? They're going to be playing that forever. It'll be one of the more popular movies, Christmas movies of all time. What would you have said? No way in hell would that happen. <laughs> this was an odd little movie. It took them 12 years to get it made. Oh, wow. It was based on an, on an anthology of short stories. Bob Clark, who directed the movie, um, took him 12 years. He had done some horror films. In fact, the first day that I got there, um, he was excited. He said, oh, I just finished my last film. I'm doing a screening tonight. Would love you to come see it. Went to watch it. It was Porky's 2. <laughs> so not exactly <laughs> the kind of family fair that would catapult this film to greatness. Um, but it was a really interesting example, Dan. It was like, I sort of describe it as the lunch pail movie. Like people just taking their lunch pail to work and working hard. I'd been on a lot of big budget movies that did not do well where there was all the hype and, oh, kid, this is going to make you a star. And this one, like, they were so well prepared and they just got it. Um, and it was a refreshing experience. It was challenging. We shot it in Cleveland uh, and in Canada. We shot in the cold in the winter in January outside. 
Um, but it was a very different experience than I had ever had, and it um, was probably a pretty good lesson learned early for me. Did you save anything from that movie? Well, my mom always kept memorabilia from all the things I did with no hope that, you know, they would have any value or anything. But I actually have the bunny suit, <laughs> I have the cowboy outfit, and I have the original gun, which is crazy. Oh, that's great. You, so you got the red rifle BB gun. I've red got the rider. gun, yeah, and yeah. I have the pink suit. Oh. What do you think that gun it's is worth? So good. What do you think that gun's worth? I don't know. Um, I mean, it's kept in a humidity-controlled safe, I can tell you that, <laughs> Off, off-site. <laughs> okay. So well, we do perceive a value on it. Uh, the, the bunny outfit. Yeah. It looks painful. Like, you play the role brilliantly. Uh, are you really in pain? Are you, like, just sad? Like, you're, you're, any kind of masculinity is taken away from you, even at that age. How old were you at the time? Not a lot of acting required in that moment, for sure. <laughs> Embarrassing on the set. I'll tell you the worst one, though, is a scene that was cut out of the movie. Uh, there was another fantasy sequence that was a big space deal. We were up on the, like, up on the moon, and Flash Gordon... Uh, was pinned down by Ming the Merciless, and I got the call, Ralphie did, to come save him, in my own mind, of course. And I show up there, and the wardrobe lady had designed these teeny, shiny, silver, like, panties for me to wear. And I was outraged and so self-conscious. And probably my performance in that scene is why it's not in the movie. How old were you at the time? Twelve. Oh, Okay. So right on the 12 looking and playing younger. Yeah. Well, you did well. And we were wondering what we Thank would want did. out of that. Where's the pole that, that, that flick put his uh, tongue on. Did anybody ever take that? Pole? No, that was just a, you know what it was? It was basically the way you would have designed it in your mind. If you were forced to do it, it was like a, it wasn't metal. It was sort of a piece of plastic and it had a teeny tiny hole that sucked air. And the camera was just at an angle that you couldn't see it. So they had just wrapped that over an actual flagpole, and that was it. Hold on. This is Special breaking effect. news. This is breaking news we've been wondering for years now. <laughs> there you go. Man. Movie magic. I, Special effects yeah. broken down. For more Dan Patrick Show, tune to Audience Channel 239 on DirecTV or download the Dan Patrick Show app. All right, so there you have it, uh, straight from the straight from the uh, Red Rider himself. <laughs> um, I'm hoping you're enjoying the uh, Twelve Days of Christmas movies. Uh, up next, which means tomorrow, we will be doing the uh, one of probably one of my favorite Christmas tradition movies, the old Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Another and I classic. I love Every the clay Christmas. animation stuff they do. <laughs> The Fantastic stuff is all good, right? right? Oh, so okay. I, w- I don't want to start discussing this because I'll just go off on a tangent, and I've, yeah, I've already got myself in trouble this episode. <laughs> so, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close this one down, and that's a wrap. That's and cut. cut.